Listen to subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Uh, welcome, everybody, to The Table of Truth. This is your man, Cam. With me, as always, is... Big Josh, the the instigator. <laughs> and uh, joining us as a guest, too. I'm D, D'Angelo, the professor. Thanks for having me again, brothers. And uh, we're back for a little edition of Blurred Lines. We talk things uh, geeky, film, and television. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, But just off the bat, first thing I'm going to say is Mando episode was crazy. Y'all know we we all want to talk about it, but we're going to get the full squad back to have a nice roundtable discussion about it. Um, So we're going to be doing that later on in the week. But today we wanted to talk uh, Star Trek Discovery. Also, just kind of like industry stuff that's been going on because there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the industry, a lot of shakeups that's been happening Oof, this last Crazy like people. month. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think, and like, I like to start off with that. Like, just, well, we'll start with basically HBO Max and their decision to put Wonder Woman on Christmas Day mm. um, streaming plus the theaters. That kind of upends like the whole industry. Yeah. It really does. Because now, you know, we knew that before, like when a lot of these movies get made, a lot of these stars, they take, they've been taking less money so they can get money on the back end for like theater tickets, theater sales and, you know, merchandising right. and all that kind of shit. But now off all that shifts to streaming, they're mm-hmm. going to have to redo the rules for like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. funny is they, it's, they, it's, they redid it's really a lot of, uh, that they, God, D. Well, I was just gonna say it's it's kind of interesting that they that where we are right now because um, now they're having to redo a lot of these deals, and I think I read somewhere, and I can't even remember exactly where, but that they that now stars are getting um, their their deals are being restructured based on the streaming uh, uh, services and their. Um, and, and their platform so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting uh little industry gold rush i think so so yeah, facts. Apparently, I think that's gonna be super interesting. the the wonder woman the wonder woman crew got their deals restructured out the gate like up front then mm. and, and they were the only ones which was just weird in and of itself and just not wise but um i think after after uh, the guy who's directing Dune and then Chris Christopher Nolan uh, sort of pitched the fit, they went back and started to restructure some of the other deals. But, you know, there are people who are really unhappy because even with the restructuring, <clears throat> it still it still jams up. Uh, it still jams up revenue. It jams up, you know, their ability to have like full the the artist it it jams up the ability to have uh from an artistic perspective uh full theatrical releases with a mix that's in you know 17.0 or whatever the hell they're up to at this point um you know for audio and then you know if you want to do it in imax these are all i mean to be fair dune is a theatrical release tenant is a theatrical release and that's something that you yeah. you can sit at home and watch yeah. it but it the if the the impact is not going to be the same as you sitting in a theater 
you know, immersed in audio and, you know, a, 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 a film screen that's, you know, 25 stories high or whatever, you know, it's not, it's not going to be the same. So in yeah. fairness to, no, exactly. to these guys. Yeah, definitely. And I think the other aspect of it too is you have, uh, you know, folks like, you know, the the surround sound like something like doom was going to be you know crazy sound effects and sound design mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and now it's like in like you know you would go watch you know certain movies in the good theater in new york specifically for the sound where now it's like people are starting to have good sound at their own houses but like yeah you're right you're not going to get that full experience like watching something in imax and watching something at home is not really the same <laughs> no and it, and it, and it is yeah, it wouldn't be have even with uh, screen, you know, matter. whatever setup that you have yeah unless you purchase a, an IMAX theater, you know, and that, and that's the point. And I know Christopher Nolan makes the case and um, for a while Scorsese was making the case and they were mostly arguing about preserving shooting on film itself, but also because, you know, seeing where the industry is going with where you have Amazon that's like, well, look, we're, we're just going to release it straight streaming anyway and, you know, put it in the theaters as an afterthought. And uh, Netflix kind of now adapted that model. And uh, well, no, actually, Netflix doesn't uh, uh, release in theaters if I'm, for the most part, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, they mm-hmm. don't. They, I think they're um, I'd heard before what Netflix and Amazon were touring idea, or around with the idea of buying um, indie movie theaters and then just having it in like key locations and being like, oh, OK, Amazon movie is going to premiere at these like major cities and then on the service as well but then now with covid and everything else that's definitely shifted we're like you know i I mean i'm not i haven't gone to a movie theater since february maybe yeah it's been a while i can't i don't even know (laughs) even even i remember when i went i couldn't tell you what i saw yeah same 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 i'm trying to even think but yeah i think the it's going to be interesting because yeah like a movie like tenant you know, I, I still haven't seen it. I want to go see it and probably see it soon or whatever. But like now, movie wise, unless it has like some type of a buzz, it's just going to be think, like I went back and re- was watching just some trailers for movies that are out right now, like on streaming services. And I was like, half mm-hmm. these movies I didn't even hear about or think about because, you know, usually you would you would anticipate them coming out with a big release but yeah. now you know it's on the streaming so you can kind of watch it whenever you want or you know whatever so it just kind of gets uh swept under the rug so it's kind of interesting how they're gonna have to play that because even with movies like um like say for instance like black widow or like like wonder woman same thing where like they they usually have whole activations around these movies yeah. you know marketing stuff parties and like you know uh, collaborations and all that's going to be gone because now it's all virtual. So it's like, I'm, it's going to be interesting how they're going to kind of keep that up. Because I mean, if honestly, they might even be spending less money actually in terms of marketing. Yeah, but then you know, and therein lies where we, you know, as you point out in talking about the transformation of the industry, all those things were jobs. <laughs> you know, they were all you know a combination of of uh of laborers of people creatives and designers and and pr and pr people and and writers and everything that come together to to make those things happen so you know when with the streaming service uh being what it is and as you pointed out kind of changing how marketing uh is done for films in general um 
you know, that means that a lot of previously held positions in the industry are going to either go away or have to shift into something else entirely. Yeah, exactly. Couple that with couple that with um, like what's happening at MGM where they are in the weird position of like they can't they they almost can't release bond the the most recent bond flick on streaming simply because they don't ever release anything on their own they've been in shaky territory for 20 years now you know they were gonna if you remember they were gonna they they were about to file for bankruptcy uh and sell off the bond franchise just to generate dough uh back in the early 2000s and you know so they're so they usually do like they they have a bunch of arrangements with uh i forget what the other film studio is and then whoever they have for distribution in theaters and then whoever else they have for home theater distribution so you have four entities that are that have a vested interest in that movie maxing out and so it so the news just came out today that MGM is really trying is is basically looking to sell off their entire film and television catalog. It doesn't surprise me. They're not able to float on their own even yeah. with the amount of money that a James Bond movie will 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 gross. They're not able to float on their own. Couple that with the fact that they've put hundreds of millions of dollars into this last movie and now they can't release it like they there's and and I get it from a business perspective they cannot release that for home for for home video streaming VOD they just can't they have to wait but in the meantime they're losing a mountain of money yeah no nah, that's and that's I think that's the thing where it's like the like you know the almighty overlords of Disney have uh basically plotted out their next three years <laughs> on some just like yeah you know theaters is cool but you know we had the streaming service that you're about to cancel because mandalorian's over but just want to wait just wait <laughs> it's always more and, and, and honestly it's just like by taking the the marvel model of putting their movies together in, in universes but adapting that for tv yep. and on their own streaming service it's freaking yo once they get to that point where like every every quarter they're dropping, you know, three shows and there's like, a, you know, it's a rotating thing. It's like, dude, this will always have a bevy of new content on the level of like a Netflix. And yeah. if and they're and they're catching up Netflix in terms of just subscription base too, give them another year. So it's like mm-hmm. it's kind of nuts, man. Like yeah. I'm super curious to see how it's gonna shake out because like H the Wonder Woman and H on HBO Max is going to be like you say a pretty big deal to see if it kind of just uh, does nothing like you were just like oh that's cool it's on it or is it actually going to be like a really big deal because I remember you know the the Mulan thing kind of just kind of came and went and it was very just yeah, like mediocre that was so, very mediocre yeah so I'm 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 really curious to see if like Wonder Woman will be a bigger a bigger deal because I like that is a true blockbuster film and yeah. it's legit on uh you can stream that ish like the same day. So we'll see, man. It's gonna be super interesting. I mean, like <laughs> Trolls in the beginning of COVID was the one that like said, Hey, we can we're just gonna release on, on streaming and just make a shitload of money, which they did. Yeah. Um and they so really did. I think the uh <clears throat> yeah, uh, that was the thing that was kind of crazy. They made ton, tons of money. But yeah, I'm really, really curious because when you have, because now you're going to be locking up all this A-list talent doing TV shows, which is already was already starting, but now it's like going to be like that for sure, for sure. 
Mm-hmm. So um, I'm especially with you know Marvel's announcement with all their shows, and then you know the that all the Star Wars stuff that just started got just got announced as well. So I'm I'm really curious to see how it all is going to sh- cuz like you know now you're basically paying for all these different services and we knew this was going to happen yeah. but we're going we're, we're approaching uh having basically cable TV again. <laughs> yeah, I mean in many different ways. I mean so many of these streaming services now have full ads. <laughs> you know, the yeah. same amount of time that you know you once avoided or switched the channel for commercials. Here you are in your favorite show. And you have to watch all those ads and not only just though that you have to watch the same ones on repeat. <laughs> yep. Yep. And yep. Disney's been doing this forever when they had the What's Disney channel, like they had ads, but all those ads were just like, you know, Disney, like kid shows, like other shows that were coming up on their, on their slate. Yeah. That is, mm-hmm. that makes sense. You know, you can, uh, they can afford to only promote their products or, you know, whoever buys in, but you know, Disney's in the best, I think it's not an understatement to say that or overselling it to say that Disney is in a better place than any streaming service right now just because of the amount of content they have and the amount of content they just rolled out, you know, just with Star Wars and Marvel alone. Yeah, you, you're saying, Josh? What, what, jumps out, what, what jumps out also is look at where they're doubling down. They're doubling down on Marvel and 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 Star Wars, and they're really mm-hmm. light on the kid stuff for Disney, which used to be their bread and butter. Like they have ten shows yeah. coming out from from Marvel. They have ten shows coming out from Star Wars. They have like five four shows coming out for Disney for Disney animated. Oh, and you crazy. know, I think what what's also interesting is the amount of marketing that's that goes into the stuff that's really i think made for um adults and families and kids to enjoy together cuz i think mandalorian has enough edge to where you know it's it's kind of a it's kind of a dolly but it's also optimistic and hopeful in that same in that disney uh uh brand way that allows children to watch it in lieu of the the violence that you know occurred. Yeah, so. and I, mean, I think officially it's like TV. I think it. I think it's officially like TV family or like TV fourteen or some shit like that. Yeah. Like, I think it's like it's like not. Like that, yeah. It's not med. So, but yeah, I think um, the that shift of just making your own content, but then also trying to figure out how you can appeal to a larger audience and keep mm-hmm. people hooked is going to be super interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think uh right now I think Disney is is onto something with stu- with with their with the Mandalorian and then just the scale and scope to which Disney can give its TV shows. I mean, this season alone the production on the Mandalorian was uh, I mean, it's Game of Thrones level and that and that's just in those half hour episodes. <laughs> you know, so I I can only imagine as they grow the slate and they become more ambitious with, with what they're trying to do. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Now, will they, will they burn us out or will they roll these things out to where we can, we can enjoy? I mean, you know what I feel, how I feel about the Skywalker's uh, timeline, but I won't go there, but you know, that's on the story <laughs> level. Yeah. <laughs> the industry yeah. <stuff>. yeah. <laughs> 
No, exactly. And I think that's a, the most interesting aspect of it because, like, you know, it was a pretty uh, bold move for them to fold uh, the DC stuff and then bring that into HBO and all that kind of stuff because now they're going to do some, you know, everything's going to be all under one house now. Yeah. And that means, I think, for them, especially shows like Titan and, uh, you know, Young Justice, you know, HBO budget. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. That's the thing I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Those shows like that are going to start getting HBO level budgets. Yeah. What about the um, like, you know, we we're talking about how like Nolan was kind of pushing back on it and uh, Scorsese a little bit too. Where do I'm curious to see where they're going to land? Like, are they going to just be like, "Well, I'll just take off two years of filmmaking and wait till everything calms down and get back to what I want to do"? <laughs> well, you know, Scorsese, well, Scorsese tends to wait a million years before he puts anything out, anyway. So, yeah, and and I brought him up because he did ended up he kind of folded in a way because of the Irishman. You know, that was released in theaters, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it, it still kind of went with the Netflix model, you know, where it, it, it's released kind of low key in theaters, but the, uh, the goal or the, the, the drive drive is to enjoy it on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the interesting part to me where I'm like, you know, someone like him was like, well, I guess I'll release my magnum opus on fucking a streaming mm-hmm. service. All right. You know, and he, mm-hmm. he kind of bit the bullet and just did it, but mm-hmm. you can tell he wasn't happy about it. Exactly. It wasn't, and it wasn't like you just, you just described it. It was not just one of his, this was more of, of a passion project type of film for Scorsese. Um, and you can just see it by the scale and scope in which he, he put into it. It was literally his, his most epic film since probably, I would say, uh, uh, Goodfellas in terms mm. of just the, the amount of overall, um, uh, uh, production value from script to screen that was put into that that film. Mm, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. And even Nolan too, because I know he, you know, he was really amped about uh, Tenant, and they kind of just kind of not fell flat, but it just people were already kind of like, "Yo, man, there's a pandemic, dog." <laughs> yeah, that, that's that one is kind of <laughs> like written about as as really the the thing that tested the industry the most because look at how much was spent on tenant yeah and then the pandemic happened and it's like wow we've been waiting for nolan to hit that test to see okay you get this mega budget and then you got this high concept this thing that goes over everybody's head are they gonna are people gonna Mm -hmm. flock to it as a blockbuster and Tenant was the test, but I feel like it was, uh, it was, I don't know. He got the screw job because the, 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 the pandemic really changed that game quick and fast. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the thing. I'm, I'm serious. Oh, that's why when um, all these movies start to come out over the next like, you know, time, like even like, like Black Widow is a good example too. Like that, had a like had a nice level of buzz, but wasn't like you know uh, anything crazy. But it still had some pretty star power into it, and you know mm-hmm. has a fan base and all that. Mm-hmm. So they had to you know push that back to a point where it's actually you know acceptable. But even yeah. now, it's kind of like oh man, you, I guess you are gonna you know it's it's basically gonna be a straight to DVD situation now, or we're gonna have to change that that model. 
Yeah, a lot of well, a lot of films got until, pushed back. They're talking holding until until it's safe to come out in theaters for Black Widow. Mm. See, I mean, and I see it, and honestly, that's going to be probably late summer, early fall, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's optimistic. Yeah, and that's being yeah, like I said, that's being optimistic. So like. Yep. If that if that really same is what it's going to be Bond like, movie. oh man, I don't know, dude. Wow, I yeah, mean, they're Bond talking the same sense. deal for I, the Bond movie. They're I, not going to. They're not given MGM's tenuous position. They're not going to release that until it's un, until they can see the profit from it in theaters. Mm, yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes that makes a lot of sense actually. Because damn, that sucks, dude. Bond, all that money, mm-hmm. so they can do that with. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. And plus, you can see if all the racism uh, calms down by then. <laughs> I mean, here's hoping. <laughs> what racism? There's no racism in the world. <laughs> you, you mean to you mean to tell me John Bond is a black woman? Mm, British, exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. So you got to have racism and misog- misogyny, sexism, sexism, all of it. We got to hope it dies down. But I got to think at least one of the three will survive. <laughs> yeah that's the thing I'll, I'll, i'm still curious to see what that happens because i think you know for it's i think it's gonna be great for the the tv industry but yeah for film oh boy i don't know yeah it's gonna be a tester film is a whole different animal and tv's success don't change that yeah, no, nah, exactly. Especially as as uh, as more TV actors are, I mean, um, film the the border between TV and film has just blurred now. So, like, you know, yeah. now it, it could be anyone's game. Where you know, before it was a big deal when Clooney was jumping from ER, and then now he's doing movies. Everyone's like, "What? Clooney's doing movies?" Mm-hmm. Now oh, yeah. he's like established. You know? Yep, and never returned to TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. And honestly, well, there's no there's no reason for him to. No, yeah. Exactly, but yeah, I'm I'm curious if it's gonna be like a Tom Cruise or like a Brad Pitt. Like, there's not too many left of the you know crazy big action stars or you know top top ticket people. But if one of them actually does a TV series, that's gonna be like that'll be kind of an like interesting play and to see how that how that rocks. You know who I think is gonna be, and and this might not count because he started there, but uh, I think it's gonna be Will Smith. Mm. I think he's going to return to TV sooner than than those guys will because unlike those guys, he his last few films have not been blockbuster hits or critical. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I didn't. You guys watch uh, Gemini Man? No, nope. I, I really don't know if I can, but I I might try. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't. <laughs> so judgmental. <laughs> Nah, I didn't check it out. I wanted to see. I actually haven't seen the last three Will Smith movies. I think now. Nah, think about it, man. I can't even tell you the last. What were the last three? I, I hear the last good one was the one with uh, Margot Robbie. I can't think of the name right now. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, that looked interesting. That was good. I, mm, I actually saw yeah. that. That was good. Mm, yeah, I don't know. You're right though. I, I could see. I could definitely see him doing some. It'd be interesting if he did it. I mean, kind of like Chris Rock when Chris Rock was doing Fargo and kind of just take, doing that kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think 
that would probably be his first foray into it where it's like a, you know, like a limited thing where he's not obligated to a seasonal arc or anything. Just, you know, mm-hmm. shows up for a few yeah. episodes of arc, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what you're, you're starting to see with, um, what's it called with, uh, <clears throat> like Mando and freaking, um, yeah. Star Trek Discovery. How like, you know, you're, have, you're, you're seeing like some veteran people kind of step in and just be like, Hey, you know what? I feel like be on a TV show in the space. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at the, just look at season one of, of Discovery in and of itself. Jason Isaacs really didn't do a lot of television. Michelle Yeoh has never done television. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and, you yeah. know, those two alone, those two alone are sold the first season. Yeah. 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 No, totally no. true. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think, um, that's what made uh, Star Trek uh, Discovery gave it some credibility at the beginning because it was kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, chick from uh, Walking Dead. We got freaking Abe Sapien from all the Hellboy movies. Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> He's been in everything, man. I know. They're like, hey, we need someone tall, gangly, and weird. Oh, yep. You got it. <laughs> yep. Nice. So no, nah, I I think I think to me I think that's what kind of helped it help uh Discovery get that just that initial push, but then like the story writing and everything else has been when like to me has been pretty dope. Yeah, I agree, and they've kind of really pulled away uh from being you know so I think in the first two seasons there were some for me at least there was like that intimacy where everything was kind of tied to what we knew from, from Trek lore, um, you know, with her being Spock's brother and, you know, we're, we're doing now showing the, the, the Klingon war and, uh, and, and different aspects of, of, I think the mythology, but I think now this season, they, they were really able to kind of break away and start to add to the lexicon as opposed to just, uh, roll through that, that, uh, established lore. And I think peeling yeah. away from that some has allowed them to just lob straight grenades this season. Like they are just they they are are blessing you with callbacks to uh, to to TNG, uh, little mentions yeah. about things that happened and just uh, across the franchise. They're 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 just dropping like mini nukes here and there. Like the last episode was just like uh, it caught me completely off guard. With the with the reference to uh, the guardian the guardian of the edge of forever, I was just like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and I and I think that's the thing that like I think it it was smart of them to kind of just jump into the future because that kind of like uh, absolved them of trying to like. Uh, how did this happen for yeah. for uh, Kirk and this? How did this happen? Mm-hmm. Now it's like, all right, all that shit already happened. Now you get to see what happens later. And if that, you know, all that shit that Picard was doing and Cisco, did that help in the future? And then you just find out, oh, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> Which kind of makes me mad because, again, you guys know I didn't like Cisco's ending and the way his character ended. I love that character, but I didn't like mm-hmm. it was in. So he, the, the the thought that nothing he did that the, the, the he, he the stuff he did didn't matter. It really makes me mad. 
Yeah. yeah. But honestly, that's actually even better because now it's kind of like, okay, knowing that you're like, damn, Picard did all that and <laughs> nothing mattered. Cisco did mm-hmm. all that and still nothing mattered. Yeah, like, I anyway. yeah. If it, like I'm saying, if the Kardashians come back, like, you know, basically, if once they start to touch on anything, because they haven't really touched too much on D Space Nine. But if they did, and then you start to find out, like, just little pieces of how they turned out, be like, damn. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought the episode of them talking about um, the Vulcans and the freaking uh, Romulans coming together and then breaking off from the Federation and that, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. No, so what Spock was, Spock was trying to do actually works, sort yeah. of. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that was excellent. Yeah. Even even referencing the J.J. Abrams movies was was like a smack in the face, not not a, a negative smack in the face, but just like oh snap! They in one line they made that work, one random line of dialogue they made the whole thing work. Yeah, yeah, yep, hundred percent. And and I think that's the thing. Like they're to me, they've been firing on all cylinders just on that. Like they're firmly establishing like these characters are like dope as well to be in that in that realm. But then they're also being like we could push it a little bit further. So I thought that was like really, really, really cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's making me enjoy it more. And I think the only, uh, one of my friends, he's like, the only thing I wish is like they used to like a little less crying. Just that's all. Oh, I, that's all man. I ask. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm tired of it. And like, yo, they be crying every episode. Yeah, this whole season, last the last two seasons, it was there was none of that. Like there was, and I think that might be a one critique I have for this season, and in, in that I get why they're all so emotionally close now because they they are all all that they have, <laughs> but I think. It, it felt like at the very beginning of the season that none of the other characters had much to do. I think yeah. they kind of mm-hmm. moved mm-hmm. away from it now, but I think that's what caused a kind of a lag in making you more concerned with, okay, well, if we're not going to have nice character building episodes or moments with the overarching narrative, the, the what is the burn in the background, then what is the burn? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like right. it wasn't. I didn't feel like we were getting a good enough balance in in addition to all the the tears. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's the thing. Like, I like them going back to the uh, mirror universe so I can see more uh, evil Tilly, which is my favorite. <laughs> but but then also it also gave more um, meat for the everyone else because, like, like yeah. you said, like the the good thing about the the previous um shows is they were really good at showcasing the the everyone else along with the captain like the captain was important but like it was he he or she was only important because their crew was just as good exactly yes and i think so like i want to when the asian dude got some lines i was like oh shit asian dude got lines (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like with detmer or insecurities it's like you know, yeah, give me something that allows me to care about more of the care, care about these characters, you know, as much as you care about Michael, even book coming on, you instantly, you know, kind of cling to that character because they're giving him something to do. And he's he's like, you know, you, you kind of care about his journey, maybe because he's alongside Michael, but still. True. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think mm-hmm. the other thing, too, was the... Um, uh, when, when he came in and uh, was helping Team Nerd, 
I was like, oh, shit, he's going to be the fourth member now because Tilly's <laughs> now the number one, so they need someone else to fill the gap. I was like, okay, okay. Let's see, yo, black men in space, and I'm saying, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, man. He came, came in, walked into engineering with an Alexa pod and was like, yo, Alexa, what caused the burn? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> 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 so it, it was kind of a little Durex machina. We won't. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that, and even them, like you said, like given given everybody something to do, that's like I think you said it was super important. Where yeah. I think in two seasons, I couldn't tell you the names of the people in the bridge, and then yeah. the third mm-hmm. season, I'm like, whoa, 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 who's that blonde chick? That blonde chick's new. Where was she doing there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It. it I think they they were trying to do a lot of things in the first two seasons. One, establishing it more as a serial drama uh, than the previous iterations of Star Trek was was something that was off the right off the bat. You know, you have the overarching narrative. There's some subplots going on, and mostly focusing on this hero's journey of Michael Burnham. Uh, whereas usually, you know, we have this established kind of core of, of people who are already in their roles and and then now they're growing. Their legend is kind of growing a little bit. Um, hers is that too, but she's been so many things and, and, you know, kind of had the more crisis of identity and faith than uh, any of the uh, previous uh, pro- main protagonists. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, though I would say, the quick shout out, Josh, you were talking about uh, Lower Decks and how mm-hmm. uh, how good that 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 writing has been on the same level on par with what's been going on in uh, in um, in uh, Discovery. Yeah, I mean, and there and the thing is, the, the interesting bit is that they're tethering even the nonsense that's happening on on uh, on Lower Decks is tethered to canon. They're like, yo, it's absolutely canon. Yep. I'm like, why are you making this madness canon? But mm-hmm. but it but I mean if if it works, it works. I'm fine with it. It's just hysterical to me. If they yeah. reference anything that happens in Lower Decks in even one episode, I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> dude yeah now nah, lower decks is like I, I like my mom and dad are the ones that got me into star trek and so i had my mom watch the first episode and she was cracking up the whole time she was like this is ridiculous and i was like yep <laughs> and the whole i was like the way the pilot is this is the whole thing and it just gets even more ridiculous yeah the pilot mm-hmm. is just insane i mean laughing from the moment it starts to the end yeah and like there, there was, and then it was funny because um, someone asked me too. They're like, "Oh, is it like worth watching?" And I was like, "Dude, it's one one. It's a hundred percent worth watching. Two, it's just really, really funny. Like, it's funny to the point where it's like, it's like if people that grew up on all of the you know previous Starship shows got to write." for a show and that's exactly what they did like they all the jokes about mm-hmm. like Klingon names and, and the different jokes about how each uh how the warp drives are, are, have different sounds yeah and then like <laughs> yeah. and uh you know and then also too like how the, the they're making like I think there was a joke on um about the holodeck and oh. they were just talking about like mm-hmm. yeah you can, you can use the holodeck for anything you don't have to always just use it for talking to dead old people from earth <laughs> is that a, not, that's a, a kind of a elbow at Janeway oh man I was like dude oh yeah I think they, no they did a good job Lower Dex is like oh go ahead 
one of the one of the best uh one of the best things was um uh the main character is talking to this one random guy and as he's walking away he's like the change the changings aren't real the the dominion war was a conspiracy <laughs> why, did you, why did you even feel like you needed to write that in <laughs> oh, that's, so good. that's good dude they just did a good job man and they just had so much fun especially like i remember because i was bad about uh discovery like there had been no cue at all and then after like mm-hmm. a crazy ass episode of lower decks they're walking down the hallway and then q's like ah earthlings and they're like not now q we don't have time for you go go buy the picard <laughs> and they're like ah the so picard's good. no fun all he does is drink wine <laughs> that's so good yeah dude yeah, they just have yeah, that's so much fun had q on on discovery yet yeah, which I mean, again, it just leaves the door open for them to, to have Q, so that's cool. But yeah, I, I actually am surprised. That's the one character. If you're writing for Star Trek and you can use Q, you would definitely use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're also like, <laughs> and you know, the actor ain't do nothing. So you know. at any given point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. The episode with uh, you know, I wasn't expecting. Uh, I wasn't expecting the the whole uh, uh, was it is it Saul Saul the 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 tr- this trill symbiote with which one oh yeah 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 the the, the mm-hmm. trill symbiote I forgot it name was yeah yeah they, I, for, I forgot they name <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. they I, I forgot I forgot the they tr- the trill symbiote I forgot it's it's Adira. But I didn't. But that episode was 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 really. I didn't. What I didn't see that coming. Uh, when they mm-hmm. they first that character, um, I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting um, that to be the the uh, reveal. Um, and that was pretty good. It was nicely done. I mean, even if you, you know, if you weren't familiar with Star Trek, it, it didn't come off as something like, oh, remember that. Um, it, it it had a natural feel to it, which what is what made the nostalgia I think feel even better. Because and then the episode where you saw um, all of the previous uh, lives, the previous individuals who carried the the symbiote was really well done. Yeah, no, exactly, oh, and yeah, I think and it was totally. cool because I think i think it was good that they kind of showed that because like you said like if you didn't know what that was they give you a good primer to be like okay this is the this is their race they went to the planet blah, 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 blah. Yeah. and so um and then also i give them props too because that particular character um if you were going to talk about you know using pronouns and respecting people's wishes that character and the yeah. how the character is developed makes perfect sense to be oh, like yeah. hey i am the embodiment of a bunch of people so actually you should call it they you should say they and I'm, and i'm like see this is actually a really dope way to make sense of it have it logical it's not forced it doesn't feel awkward it's like oh yeah, mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense, and you can and it and it fits within the context of the show as opposed to just like ham fisting it in like a lot of the uh, the newer shows do these days. Yeah, yep. So I would say, what are you guys not liking about Star Trek Discovery at this point? Hmm. Besides the crying. <laughs> yo my friend my 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 boy was like yo michelle uh he said uh Giorgio had to leave because michael be crying way too much for her dude oh yeah oh yeah hilarious 
She is awesome, Jarjo. Yo, she's and honestly, like I didn't expect to enjoy her character so much, and uh, I thought it was like she just did like one. You could tell Michelle Yeo uh, is having like the time of her life. Like she's just enjoying every scene that she's in, and she mm-hmm. kills it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then also too, the way they utilize her is pretty good too because it's not overuse and it's not underuse like she's not like you could, like my girlfriend was kind of like hey how come she's not part of the original cast i mean the full cast and i was like well part that she's still as a guest because usually guest stars are what like half the season i think it is or you have to be yeah. a little bit more than percent and i was like and then two you could tell when they do utilize her it's a, it's actually done in a good way like she's not there just to be there like if she's there she's pushing the narrative along there's something going along with her like she's you know doing something to other characters to push their narrative along. Like she's the, a great plot, plot device. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But back to what, what you guys don't like, there's gotta be something. Huh. I mean, I, I, I think initially one of my issues was that they weren't tethering back to, to other shows. And that was a, that was a complaint that a lot of fans had and they pretty much just, went back to the drawing board with season two and just made sure that there were just all sorts of tethers and, 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 and callbacks and, and, and sort of pre seeding, uh, uh, things that, that, that already happened that have already happened. And they, they've just doubled back like the thing with Pike, um, doubling back to sort of seed him, uh, having a premonition, about being in the uh, in the isolation suit in the isolation chair uh, to keep himself alive mm-hmm. after whatever the accident was, um, you know I think they the things that I the thing that I did the one issue that I did have was that and they resolved it in the best possible way like when they tether back it isn't um, it's not corny it's not silly it it makes total sense like even this last episode again with the guardian on the edge of forever i i nearly fell out of my chair because i couldn't you could not have told me that you saw that coming i know i didn't see that coming and i'm pretty well versed in most things star trek so to pull that out of your back pocket was just completely astounding to me i really was just like just Talk about knocking me over with a feather. I, I did not see it coming at all. And it was a great use of original series lore. Um it expands on the Guardian, on on the on the mythos of the Guardian, the fact that the Guardian had a had a a, a role in the t- in the temporal war, which is like, what? <laughs> it's just I, I wasn't prepared I for know. any of that. I know. I was not prepared for any yeah. of that. And he- and even even that, like, I like that, you know, and again, we're all of us are in agreement that we don't like time travel. It's just annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and for various reasons, I, I blame X-Men comic books for ruining time tra- travel for me at all times. Fair. But um, every 80s. Yeah. Ruin time travel. Yeah. Seriously. Shout out to Time Cop. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, you're right. I think that the. The and the time jump for them going to the future that was like wow, and then then them being in the future and then just 
hinting at big events that happen that they have they a have can can't do nothing about b completely missed so they there's nothing they can do about temporal wars there's nothing they could be about the big bird they're trying to figure out certain things but like these big events happen with them not being there and we as the audience are like what what happened there what who who who, who started it what's the whole you know all these different types of things, you know, the mirror universe dying. Like, hey, we haven't had an incursion in like 200 years. Like, wait, what happened to that? Yeah, What's yeah, going yeah. on? Like, it's all these questions that we have, and they did a good job of doing that. I would say the for me, the second season, um, my reservation was like having Spock and uh, Pike. I thought that was going to be kind of cheesy, mm-hmm. and it actually was like really mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, damn it, you guys did it again. So I think for them in terms of the negatives every time the uh, us as the audience members have negatives they almost either a meet those into a positive or they uh, exceed expectations like you said like there's no way you would have told me out of nowhere like oh yeah we're gonna go to romulus and vulcan and then this is gonna happen wait wait i gotta watch this episode and and freaking the next generation that came out 15 years ago to, to have context for the one I'm about to, Oh man, you guys are freaking me. All right. I see what you guys are doing. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a negative here, but you guys aren't helping me. Yeah. They found a way to, to name drop John Luke Picard, even though those characters predated him by uh, several decades. So that was impressive. <laughs> like, dude, they're just, they're just having a lot of fun. And I think the, I think my my one negative was like, yeah, they just need to do a little bit better on developing some of their um, the supporting cast a little bit better, like and yes. giving them something more to do. Like, I'm glad that they kind of um, pushed Tilly's uh, journey on a little bit more. I thought that was dope. Like, even in that the episode of her going with Saru um, into the you know the new world that that new planet or whatever, like that was pretty dope. And then, but yeah, everyone else is like, besides the nerd squad. Um, everybody else on the bridge, like they're kind of faceless. They have a couple, you know, it's the Asian dude, the black dude, the, the cyborg chick, the other black chick. Like you wanted them to have a little bit more meat. So I think that would be my, my only negative is like they got to work on um, developing their, their, um, the rest of their subcasts so mm-hmm. that we actually care about them too. Yeah. And I think uh, so mentioning negatives from the previous uh, early iterations of the show, I would say the, the one that I didn't quite find annoying as much until I went back to rewatch some of the old Star Trek shows, but the Klingons, man, (laughs) they really did mess up. Like they, even looking at when they, cause people, they, the biggest complaint was they were obviously really alien and less, and less human features and, also, the 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 fact that they didn't have hair, so they explained that away by it was a wartime thing. Uh, okay, okay. So then the next season they had hair, but it still didn't look like the Klingons that I think we all love. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't see Worf or or uh, Martok or or uh, or um, oh damn, what was my boy? In, uh, oh, Garon, Garon. <laughs> I didn't see that in those in those uh, in those features. So you know, I since they have written them off the show, whatever you know, it's fine. But yeah, that was a, that in retrospect, that was a bigger one than I initially thought. But um, as far as uh, this season, I think uh, 
going to what Cam was saying and what we've all said, I don't, I do think they need to give more to the other characters for them to, to really do because um, the story only being about Michael has worked up until now, I think. Um, and I think um, one of the, the biggest problems I have, I think with this season is that um, they, they, because there is not much for the other characters to do, some of those episodes do still drag along and it doesn't feel like they're going anywhere. Yeah. We have yeah. These gems mm-hmm. where, you know, with the, um, the symbiote, the, the, that the, I was calling it Dax, uh, <laughs> the trill, uh, symbiote, um, was, was great. You know, the, the most recent two part episodes were, were really good. With the turn uh, uh, with George Ao and the and, and the, the 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 mirror universe, um, and and of course the Guardian of the Edge of Forever, which I didn't get that reference until uh, you know until Josh uh, put me on. Uh, so, but I now I'm going to go back and watch where you know a little bit of the original series to kind of see where that was was shaken with that. But um, so I guess um, overall, my 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 biggest negative is just the, the the storytelling because of the imbalance with the characters. They're not really doing a good job of of, of justifying the amount of episodes they got right now. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. we haven't that's seen actually much, yeah much happen yeah, point. and we're we're ten episodes in. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think also too because. Like, uh, you know, we'll talk about Mando later, but Mando has about eight episodes and they pack in a lot. Even oh God, even yeah. when you think an episode kind of feel, feels like it's a filler, they'll still make sure that there's like that good 10 to 15 minutes that's pushing the narrative along. Exactly. Where like, I would say for um for Discovery, like it, it'll be it'll be a good, you know, we're, 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 OK, it's, it's a cool episode. I enjoy it. But I'm like, what are they? they they're still not doing nothing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There yeah. are moments where you're like, okay, what is there? Like, for example, they they had a piece where they where they were they were running the program to figure out where the signal was coming from, and then they peeled oh, back yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, more. Yeah. And then it's like, but then some of it happened in this last episode, but then there was no there was no moment that elevated it from. Okay, we're still just waiting on results, or you know what the mm-hmm, hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did 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 it turn out to be a, a temporal flux, or you know, are those people having the same problem that George Giles having now? Like nothing is seems to be connecting on a greater scale. That's why I, I've been saying that I'm I'm wondering what these last few episodes are going to be like. I mean, I yeah, think they're gonna... right, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. After you, Kim. Now I was gonna say, there's there's like what 15 episodes altogether. So we have like three left. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that right? That was 11. Uh, oh no, yeah, it's 11. I think, yeah, I think it's about. I think it comes up to 16, something like that. Okay. Somewhere there. Okay. Still, yeah. So it's not that bad. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Go, go yeah, ahead, Josh. I think for me. Um, so definitely what you guys were saying about the cast not having like the the supporting cast, like it, it, them taking three seasons just to get to this sort of minuscule point where you're giving them 
uh, a little bit more, a little bit more personality, and also like the uh, the like something D'Angelo pointed out a moment ago, the 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 mystery of what the burn is is definitely dragging, and the little pieces of the puzzle that they're putting together. Uh, I think you put it perfectly, don't get elevated to the point of, ooh, we just figured this other thing out that's going to help us solve the mystery. That said, they've been really good about paying off whatever the the thing is towards the end, whatever the big reveal is, whatever the big, uh, whatever the big uh, payoff is, they've been really good about making it a payoff in every season, in every, you know, in every, uh, in every period that they've gone through. So I'm fairly confident that when we get to the end of the season, we can be like, Oh, okay. I'm, 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 I'm sold on what they, on what, on, on what they put together. This was good. This was dope. Can't wait for next season. Ready to go. You know, I have a feeling they're going to pay it off. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. agree, 100%. I agree. I, yeah. I feel like the other two seasons feel the overarching narrative uh, subplot to regular, to just the, you know, again, the, the main arc was each episode elevated it. You know, when we were, when it was the Red Angel thing, each episode was an investigation into that. Uh, and mm-hmm. that made you want to, continue the story and figure out what what's happening you know even if the burn is something they can't solve and it's going to be there for this period that they're in the future okay well then why don't we establish this conflict with continue on with this conflict with the emerald chain you know that seems like mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know we haven't the, here's the biggest issue is that Every time they have to do something, there's always this hesitation because they they don't want to use put the put the discovery somewhere and then there's some kind of imminent threat or an attack. But we haven't really seen that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I would say that I think that's the thing. Like for this season, there's really no bad guy. Exactly. Like, there's no real like real threat. Like there's there, you know Emerald Chain's kind of there, and then the the Prison Panic, a breakout book. Okay, that was there too. But like in general, like the first one had an overarching. There's a bad person. The second one had an overarching. Mm-hmm, we have mm-hmm. to stop this this bad thing. Yeah. This one's kind of like oh shit, we're in the future. Let's adjust. Uh, Michael cries now. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then now like. <laughs> All right, cool. And then like try to okay, she got a boyfriend. All right, all right. And so, um, but yeah, yeah. There's no like I think we've gotten to eleven episodes, and I don't see what there's no big bad as uh, well, as but, our our friend Weedon used to like these they, days to call it because <laughs> they deal with the emerald chain in such halting fashion, and I think the 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 the, the sheer number of false starts when it comes to the emerald chain, like oh, we gotta have discovery on standby, you know, just in case they need to jump to wherever they are. And then nothing happened. Like at least three times that I can think of, they've used that. No, no, no. Discovery cannot, cannot, you know, get engaged in anything, you know, yeah. in anything heavy because, you know, if the emerald chain pops off, we're gonna need to send them into action. And then nothing happens. Yeah, it would almost have been more better if the emerald chain was the de facto governance of the, of the, uh, of of the alpha quadrant. At the, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if it, if it were something like that, 
Because right now, my now, so that leads even to a bigger question: What were you guys doing to doing to fend off the Emerald Chain before the discovery arrived? Mm, mm. Facts. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Because I mean, the Federation is pretty whack right now. They're not really doing much. Yeah. They're just like you know, we're the Federation. We're <laughs> trying to do shit. There. Like they're not doing anything. They he he said that uh, the admiral said they don't have the time and the resources to do space exploration. So that's out. So they're a strictly military organization. But right now, they just seem like a desperate. Uh, military faction that just sits in at the edge of the the, the quadrant, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Just, no facts. That that was the other thing too, because I was kind of like, yeah, what are right, what, what what you guys been doing this whole time? <laughs> yeah, they're not on Earth. Starfleet's not on Earth. You know. Like, yeah, like you know, they went to Earth. Earth was like, nah, we good. And even that, even that. Yeah, and even that throwaway episode, like I, I thought that was dope too, because I was kind of like, "Oh shit, mm-hmm. they've actually left Earth." So you know, that means Federation is definitely not on the same levels they used to be. Yeah, which made it interesting. And early on, you thought that there was going to be some more build up, building to, not even a lot of build, but just more um, meat to the yeah. to, to the story um, from there. Like, oh, what caused? Oh, is it just the burn that caused this rift? You know, there's. I mm-hmm. think they raised so many questions, and maybe they were hoping some of them would just get lost in the sauce. But there were so many questions that that a lot of mythology questions start to spiral out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they do a pa- a bad job of. Well, there's a couple of things. They do a bad job of giving you giving you a full perspective of the the way the federation is viewed like they obviously they're not you know the the sunshiny pristine uh goody two shoes that you know everybody knew them to be in the original series timeline or the um or the next generation timeline that's obvious um but aside from you know little things like you know the vulcans having left the federation and uh, trill kind of being sort of funky with them you don't really get a full sense of like obviously they've scaled down like Cam, like cam mentioned like uh um i believe it was first contact where picard was like the 150 member worlds in the federation and then admiral vance uh, in in uh, Discovery is talking about how there were 350 worlds and they've scaled down to 38. So, I mean, that does give you a, a sense of scale and reduced scale, I guess, um, yeah. to where they to where they've sort of fallen to. But they don't give you a sense of much of what was going on. Like like you pointed out, D'Angelo, they don't give you a full sense of what was going on before discovery got there like it feel it does feel a little bit like things started happening the second that discovery showed up in the future yeah mm, yeah yep. there you go there you go and if the if the twist turned out to be that this version of the federation was was a lighter version of the terran empire meaning it it actually because they do hit to from that the romulans and vulcans uh broke away because the federation uh was doing some sort of uh nefarious dealings or at least some man- sort of intrigue and manipulating things to their own mm-hmm. uh end so 
you know, maybe the Federation went off the went off the, the, the deep end or something like that and became more military. Than, I don't know. I guess I'm reaching for something. We'll see how it all ends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I think that's the thing. Like, you're right. I, I don't I don't see much of what the Federation has been doing since, you know, 900 years of, you know, of uh, of stuff since they they bounced. And so. It, it's now that they're back. It's like okay, now we're doing stuff. But it's like, yo, what do you guys? What have you guys been doing? Like, you guys been just mm-hmm. been chilling? Like, <laughs> yeah, like what, what's going on? And and so that guy that that was on the ship with with Michael in the the first episode, what, I don't know what happened to him. But I mean, I wonder what he felt when he finally got to the Federation. Where he's like, really? Is this what I waited all this time for? <laughs> mm-hmm. Facts. I mean, and it was funny because that was a it was a good and uh cool like plot to kind of do because I was kind of like, oh man, I feel really bad for this dude. He's been sitting there by himself, just chilling. <laughs> yeah, almost mm-hmm. may have been better if they would have had Discovery re uh having to rebuild the Federation from a, a more broken place, uh, mm-hmm. having it established the way it is, and then nothing to say. Okay, well, what are you doing? What it. it if the dilithium went away, did you even try to come up with an alternative? Like what's been going on, man? Yeah. So I, I guess, I guess that would be the the main negative too, was just like, you know, Federation is broken. Ideals are all over the place, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, like there isn't really that much development of like what the Federation has really been doing since, you know, um, since the burn, since the temporal uh, wars and all that kind of shit. Cause yeah, they, they, they've been slacking. They also mentioned they also mentioned the temporal wars kind of semi lightly, um, and they don't really expand on it. Like I, I get that it happened. I get that there are things like they've they've. Let me rephrase that. They haven't mentioned it lightly. They've mentioned it very heavy in yeah. every other episode, but they don't yeah. really give you anything to expand on the ramifications. What started it? Who was involved? What were the what were the sort of bullet point events that happened? And how did it, how did, how did you arrive at, uh, at the temporal accords? Who, who else signed the temporal accords? What agreements were made? Who broke the agreements? Because, you know, it's Star Trek. So somebody has to, uh, has to break somebody's accord somewhere, somehow. So, mm-hmm. you know, just things like that, that I think would fill in, you know, and it doesn't have to be a ton of stuff, but it needs to be enough to put, like D'Angelo said, a little bit more meat on the bone. Perhaps Michael started the temporal wars when she that sent her. That would be suit. awesome. Um, when she when she sent her suit or her mother when they sent their because that 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 piece that red angel tech would be the very thing that would would be something that you would need for temporal strikes or something like that. You know, like so. I mean, if they roped it back to that, I could see that being the case. That you know, because time obviously works different all across space so you know it's it's possible i mean mm-hmm. there you go with time travel <laughs> yeah no exactly and I, I think that's the thing where it's like th- those are those gaping holes i think for me so far um that we still have to kind of they still got to answer but again dude we're like three seasons in and they've done a freaking shit ton of shit <laughs> yeah i mean nothing short of 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 a of a really grand opus uh star trek show i mean it's it's the first the second season was just epic i mean absolutely with, with pike and 
with Pike and Spock and everybody, not, that not turning out to be, like you said, uh, Cam uh, Corny and actually working quite well. And, and hats off to Anson Mount, who I think brought Pike to life. <laughs> yeah, totally true, man. I, I, they, like I said, I was very, very skeptical and it turned out to be a, like a good, even yep. when Rebecca Romain came on and mm-hmm. like they had Enterprise and it wasn't corny. It was just kind of cool. And like, dude, I, I remember I was, when um, I, I remember at the end of the first season, I was like, OK, this was cool. Oh, the Enterprise is pulling up. Oh, come on. <laughs> and literally and literally about 10 minutes into the first episode i was like oh never mind i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry yeah, this like, is fine i'm good i'm good just proceed yeah. please carry on it's like psych the enterprise is in the shop basically <laughs> yep exactly exactly which is like hilarious so yeah no again I, I, it's gonna be I'm really curious to see how these last couple episodes play out because, like you said, there's a bunch of stuff that could be interesting. Um, and then now I'm I'm more uh, curious to see what their future may hold because, like, if they if they do continue with um, the planned um, Enterprise and the Section 31 shows, which will be super fun because they're going to be theme thematic wise, they'll be completely opposite. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cause like that's the thing. Like I would, I would love a dark freaking uh, Section Thirty One show. That would be sick. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I need people to die. I need coups. I need assassinations. All mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then on um, by contrast, having Strange New Worlds be a return to uh, the exploration, more yes. uh, basic tenets of the Federation. Period. You know from a captain who's like very much Starfleet, but also not corny or, or rigid or one dimensional. So we're also really, really all curious to see how, uh, how uh, Pike ends up where he, where it, what the accident, how that happens, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. I think that that's, um, there's a lot of questions and like i said they've been every time we every time we have a little bit of trepidation all of a sudden they're like well solved it we're like damn it guys are so good yes. <laughs> yeah so um yeah I, i'm like i said i'm a little bit more excited for the star trek stuff than i am for the the star wars stuff at this point um yeah i mean they've given you reason to 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 hope you know after after uh three films of of the jj abrams verse and i I personally didn't like the i I didn't like the three movies that came out of that um i tolerated them i guess you could say but i didn't love i didn't i didn't i certainly didn't love those movies i i bordered on liking in uh into darkness and then like is 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 the best 99 percent of a movie i've seen <laughs> that, last, that last one percent just trashed the whole thing, but it was a great ninety nine percent of the movie. That, that last part was was the thing that killed that movie for me too. One hundred percent. Part uh, into darkness. Yeah, we didn't we didn't need all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I just actually rewatched uh, the third one, and I was a lot more entertained the second time around. And I was like, okay, like. 
again, it was a long episode, which is fine, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. it didn't have the gravitas of a movie. I think that's that's no, kind of like no, it didn't. It, it felt like a it, long. It was episode. good. Yeah, it was. It and was it was a waste interaction. of interaction. It was definitely a waste. Very of each much a waste. Yes. Of yeah, that that was that's the real the real travesty, honestly, for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a waste of Idris Elba. But like, yeah, it felt like a long episode, and that I think it it, it could have been a much more. And I, I think that's partly uh, writing wise. Like Simon Pegg is one that kind of put that together. But I think like overall it was enjoyable like it was entertaining i didn't feel like i was a waste of time yeah. but yeah for for being a for being a movie i didn't feel like it, it I, you didn't have to do all that yeah for for me beyond was more watchable than into darkness just because i didn't at that point i stopped looking at those the i was like man it, whatever movie comes after this is not a star trek movie to <laughs> so mm-hmm. so when I watched Beyond, it was just like, okay, this is just uh pew 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 space science space fantasy science, bad guy, uh um uh vanilla white captain, and uh it all ends uh well and be well and we go. Man. Is that on <laughs> are the are the Abrams flicks on um on CBS All Access? Uh, the Abrams flicks. I think they're on. on they might be on IMDb. They might be on. They might be on, or it might be on Amazon. Actually, I think that's. I don't okay. think they're on CBS though. But they might be. Nah, nah I don't think they're on CBS. I, I think that they're on weird. Amazon actually. They're Paramount films. Yeah, I think I think the last um because that's the other thing too. A lot of these um streaming services still have um old contracts for certain movies, so Jeez. they're all. Oh yeah, that's true. That makes sense. That, yeah. So, but um, yeah, I think it's on. I think it's on Prime. I think that's what it, that's where I was watching it on. I will rewatch it because I'll rewatch it. But I I do so under yeah. protest. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a long episode, man. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's they 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 could have been it, after losing Abrams because he went to go do Star Wars. They were kind of like shit. We still got to do another movie. What are we gonna do? So yeah, with if that context, it works. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're not. You're not. Uh, this is not uh, the crowning achievement or anything. Oh, no. the nostalgia ran out. And yeah, they ran. Yeah, I mean, the best part of the movie probably is uh, Bones and Spock. Honestly. Oh yeah, you can't I mean, go wrong with, with. They do a lot of. Then, uh, yeah, they do a lot of good uh, character interaction. That much I remember about um, about Beyond. The character interaction was great. That is literally the yeah. only thing good about the movie. I yeah, can recall. That's yeah. Nah, I, I that is a uh, affirmative. I mean, it's a darkness. I mean, you got you know, but it did come about. He was True. he's pretty dope. He was great to the whole thing. Yeah, but as Khan, should have been somebody <laughs> brown as Khan. As Khan, that could have been Idris Elba. Mm, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, good point. That could have been Idris Elba, or or you know, crazy. You know, call me crazy. Man's name is Khan. Throw an Indian actor in there. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now you're just getting crazy, <laughs> sir. <laughs> we have octopuses, green, green skins, purple skin. We do not have Indians in 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 Star Trek, sir. Wow. <laughs> Superhumans. Yes, you got you got purple people. We got. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Green slave slave girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all that. But no, no, no. I'm trying to say we got got Indian people too. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's, I think uh, Discovery is definitely, and Picard too. Well, you know, we'll throw in Picard because we haven't really talked about Picard as much, but they definitely, uh, brought back a lot of the 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 stuff that lot they lost from uh i would say from the movies oh, I mean, to the, and, and to the abrams verse you know he brought in a lot of people that weren't star trek fans into those into star trek so mm-hmm. that's kind of cool yeah uh, i think I guess. Abrams tried to make it make it more on the same vibe as star wars and that's where you go wrong with star trek because star trek is so much more about not only just the the hijinks of a of a of a plot, but also the adherence to science principles and to a, a very tight mythology. That's where you, you, you can't just put those kind of like really, because even the old Star Trek movies weren't like Hollywood classic, like the, the, the typical Hollywood blockbuster movie. Like they, they, they just weren't, <laughs> they were made for a Star Trek viewer. And, and yeah, that's what Abrams tried to push beyond that. And I, mm-hmm. I just don't think it worked because the, the, uh, the, the non-Star Trek viewer probably just has only a little bit of space for it. And, and the, the Trekkie don't want nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah no I, I mean my girlfriend she got into star trek from the abrams one so she watched it she's like oh this is kind of cool yeah. but then as josh called it he used to call it he used to call it dawson's trek <laughs> and, <laughs> and i was like oh that's actually a good way to that's a good way to put it and uh yeah and then it made sense though when he said that because now i was like oh yeah that makes total sense people that aren't into star trek would watch it be like oh this is kind of cool yeah and so yeah no definitely I mean, and if you, if you contrast them against the the original films, like you say, Cam, you know, it, it, they weren't typical Hollywood films. The first one was completely a dud because it didn't appeal to anybody. Like, it didn't go anywhere. It, it, it's literally nicknamed the motionless picture because it doesn't do anything. Like, there's no, there's no enemy to sort of go, you know, to go shoot after. I mean, it was Roddenberry doing what Roddenberry does really well, which is, you know high concept for its time high concept yeah. science fiction the second one the 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 film studio paramount was pretty was it paramount yeah i think it was paramount still and pretty much they were on some yo you need to have something to shoot at you need for you need to have somebody for kirk to punch and you need like you you need to make you need to make people give a crap about the movie Roddenberry, and so he him and uh, oh, I forgot the guy's name Harvey 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 F, oh, I'm spazzing on the guy's name, but um uh him and the writer basically crafted what wound up being uh the Wrath of Khan, which was just completely back pocket, just pulling something out of thin air out of a out of a an episode that really wasn't like some seminal episode of uh of the original series and then 3 and 4 were just kind of like you know search for spock and returning to earth with spock and you know uh whales <laughs> the first one was released when what year in the 70s i want to say 79 79 yeah 78 79 oh okay See, i was going to say that 
they the first one predated uh predated uh Jaws, but it, apparently it didn't. And, and like the nope, the nineteen seventy nine. Oh yeah. yeah, so it already had some models. Spielberg was doing his thing. Lucas had um already released uh Star Wars, right? Yes. I believe so because it came out. Seven. Star Wars yeah. seventy seven, right? Yeah, yeah. Star Wars seventy seven. Yeah. Oh yeah, so there was no excuse. <laughs> Never mind. Well, like, because yeah. Roddenberry was Roddenberry was looking at it as a high concept science fiction film instead of what the, what drove people to the TV series, which was you know high concept science fiction, but also action. Like you still fired phasers yeah. at things. You still had Kirk beating the crap out of people. So if yeah. you don't have, if you take away those extra elements, then it's kind of like, well, yeah. what are we sitting here for? Yeah, yeah. And it's no not doubt. to say it was a bad film per se. It just wasn't as good as it could have been, and people were just like, "This is not a, this is this is Star Trek, but it's a Star Trek movie that's way too." conceptual like way too high concept way too way too high minded like okay so you found another in you you found a higher form of life and a and a higher intelligence that we created okay that's nice that's kind of great because like the original star trek series was like what 60s yes yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. wow yeah movie the movie was at least damn near 20 almost 20 years after the uh not quite but almost 20 years mm-hmm. after the, uh the seat the series ended i believe yeah wow so yeah the, i'm looking it up right now the original series was 66 to 69 yep. Yep. Oh, so and then the next generation came out in 1987 that is correct the same night and, and it premiered fun fact it premiered the exact same night as the gi joe movie Oh really? Yes, nice. it did. That's kind of crazy. And I remember. I remember watching. Quick, I was like, "Whoa!" Quick story. I can't. I had already begged my mom to stay up and watch the GI Joe movie, not realizing that Next Generation came on after that. The fact that I a just tell you how young I was because I had to actually ask to stay up to watch, and I literally was like, "Yo, I will do whatever you want." Like I'll do extra chores. I will. I will take out somebody else's trash. But I need to be able to stay up to watch Star Trek. And once she heard Star Trek come out, because I was a Star Trek fanatic from from even younger than that. And once she heard Star Trek come out, she was like, "All right, fine. Just go ahead. Just please go to bed the second it's done." Not realizing it was a two hour premiere. <laughs> <laughs> Encounter at Fourth Park was two hours long, so she came in the living room like, "Yo, it's been an hour. What do you? This is still on? Oh God! All right, fine." I was like, "Yo, I hate hand to God. I did not know that this was two hours, but I'm just saying. You said I could stay up to watch it, so (laughs) (laughs) that is awesome. Yeah, nods. Yeah, like I said, man, it's a it 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 really is interesting because someone sent us on Twitter. They're like, "Yo, all the like." geeks that are complaining and nitpicking and i'm like you guys like you guys don't realize that the amount of quality sci-fi fantasy stuff that's on the air now Mm -hmm. is insane comparably to our you know 80s block 90s block oh block like 
just the eighties block alone, like, you know, we had to, you know, we had to contend with like low budget stuff and <laughs> random stuff and the shows being on for like half a season and <laughs> just going away with no explanation. With no resolution. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, or, you know, and then, and then the shows that did go for long, you, you were never knowing if it, when they were going to end. Like, I was watching Quantum, Quantum Leap every episode. Like, this might be the last one, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> that happened for that long stretch of time. Uh, and, yeah, it is weird. This is, like, the best time to be a, a science fiction fantasy fan, whether it's, like, high fantasy or yeah. raw fantasy. It's, like, all of it is just it's well done, you know, and, and it's enjoyable in one way or the other. Um, yeah. Some of the things is just like, you can let it go. Cause it's, uh, cause the other things are done so well. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I'm like, that's kind of like my, my take on it now where it's like, you know, as I'm watching these shows like Mando and like Star Trek discovery, like I'm actually just enjoying the ride keeping my critiques to a minimum because I just want to enjoy it. And then later on, I can go and critique, but like, at least let me just have fun. Like I'm, yeah. we, we live in an era where we have a Star Wars TV show and a Star Trek TV show on at the same time. And they're both dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and literally they come on one day behind the other. One day. Yeah. I'm like, dude. And now the, the average person is like, Oh man, I love Star Wars. This is really cool. What's yeah. that little, little green guy's name? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when there was a time where you could almost get beat up for wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. Oh, not mm-hmm. almost, brother. <laughs> not almost. <laughs> well, people, you know, or, or, I know. Yeah. And now and now black people are like, yo, did you watch the new Mandalorian? I'm like, have you watched the new Mandalorian? <laughs> like, do you even know what you're saying when you say Mandalorian? Do you even know? What that <laughs> That's a whole culture, man. <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I, I like i said I, I embrace our our geekness and just let it, i'm just gonna enjoy it for however long it lasts until the public you know moves on mm-hmm. but until they do you know i'm milking it for everything i got well <laughs> until that next true blood and game of thrones or uh, uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and 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 big action they're gonna settle for baby yoda or yeah Rogue. Basically, that's exactly what it comes down to. Um, all right, yeah, let me uh, let, let's wrap this up and get uh, some final words from D. I'll let you let you take the the first go round. Oh, thanks, man. You know, I always enjoy these conversations and definitely um, enjoy talking about Star Trek Discovery. I think the show is doing pretty pretty good. I'm enjoying all of the Star Trek goodness. Lord Dex Picard. Uh, can't wait for Strange New Worlds and and Section Thirty One and give me a a, a George Al show and a Killing uh, show and and we'll be we'll be just fine. <laughs> Josh, uh, I'm gonna pivot away from Star Trek for a moment and tell people once again: if you are not watching The Expanse, I don't know what you're doing with your science fiction life. You don't know what you're doing with your science fiction life if you are not watching The Expanse. It is an incredible piece of television, and I promise you it is poised to take the number one spot away from, well, for me, Babylon 5. Babylon 5 has been the greatest science fiction television show. This is a diehard, lifelong, had the Mego 
uh, six inch Scotty doll when I was a kid, Star Trek fan. So I go way back OG status. And I am telling you that Babylon 5 has been the greatest thing since sliced bread for 20 years. And it's about to not be. If you are not watching The Expanse, you are sleeping and you are sleeping in a coma. You need that in your life. I and that is my final word. <laughs> I know the fifth wait fifth season's on right now right yes sir yeah it's it's on and the final season is going to be six yes yes ah, that's what it is all right books. see you they're going to be a, <sighs> the ninth book is released next year uh, I think October 21st the anti-game so, of throne yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and my boy Jordan Lamar. But yeah, just really quick, just to add to that, the expanse is amazing. It's definitely on the same level in terms of its production quality, its quality of storytelling, and just what how it's subverted. It's done for science fiction what Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire did for the Lord of the Rings high fantasy genre. I mean, Agreed. just subverting all those tropes, but in a way that makes you even more invested in, in science fiction. So definitely agree. Check out the expanse. If you haven't. Yeah. You might have to do a deep dive on that. I'm on the, I'm on, I'm on second season. I'm catching up though. I'm catching up. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, we can kind of come back and come back around for that one. Cause I know it's a pretty epic, like, didn't Bezos was the one that bought it to bring it over to Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he loved that was the, the book. That was the story. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, he. I, I love how the series. <laughs> he was just like, "Oh wait, you guys are gonna get canceled? How much? Let me see my pocket real quick. Got some lint, <laughs> couple mil, yeah, uh, some string. All right, here you go. What's your budget? <laughs> yeah, like sci-fi. You don't want this show? Okay, I'll, I'll tell you, I really don't even want to talk about sci-fi channel and the things that they've allowed to slip out of their hands over the years. Yeah. That's a whole, like I said, that's a <laughs> that's a whole freaking canceling podcast. canceling Krypton is one of the most criminal things they've done in the last decade. And I'm I got to go back to that and too. bring that back. I'm really, I'm really surprised they didn't. Or yeah, because it seemed like they were getting a, a decent budget, and it was you know they're pretty dope. They're still shopping it, from what I heard. the The producer, oh, um, the, the EP, the executive producer, is still shopping it. Yeah, interesting. I watch, interesting. And I don't like Superman that much. You guys know how I feel about the the Boy Scout, but you know that was a pretty good show. I, I admit. I mean, the first episode was what was was almost didn't sell me on it. I think D'Angelo and I uh, watched it, uh, watched the premiere, and we were like, eh, whatever. And it just so happens at randomly that I was in front of my television and had Sci Fi Channel on the exact same time as I did the week before. I don't know why. I don't know how. And the show came on. I was like, oh, okay, this is definitely better than the than the pilot. And then I watched the third episode and it was better than the second one. And by the time I got to the fourth episode, I was calling D'Angelo on some, yo, um, yeah, we were wrong. You need to watch this. And it it continued to just get better and better as it progressed. And straight on through to the second season and the second season, I was out of my mind. I was like, yo, this is going to be this is going to be brilliant. And then Sci-Fi Channel did what they always do with their good shows and canceled it. <laughs> mind-boggling yep. like yo this sounds it, about right. we, we built it up to be really really great and now it's too expensive to do so we're just gonna cancel it like why 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 
just stop doing television shows then stop stop doing original series because if they get too expensive to make then that's your fault like manage your manage your purse come on Hey man, they got Sharknado Eleven to make. You know they don't, they, can't, they can't give money for everything. Listen, <laughs> I, I I could put my mom on 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 their uh, on their on their accounting team. She makes sure all them eyes are dotted and them T's are crossed. They wouldn't spend an extra ounce of dough. <laughs> so good, um, yeah, man. For me, I think honestly, it's just like yeah, I'm just enjoying the level of sci-fi ness that's been going on, and I think it's been really fun to kind of be able to like kind of immerse ourselves in that and then and then also too um i've been going back actually and reading um some of the marvel star wars books and those are actually really 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 dope mm. like the darth vader book is really good dr afra which is a, a spinoff of, of vader the main star wars book is good there's just a lot of like their marvel's having a really fun time just expanding the star wars galaxy and actually telling these different types of stories and i think it's like it's you know of course they have the narrative with skywalker and everything else but then all the other stories are just as compelling and super interesting Mm. so that's the thing that i've been enjoying a lot just of lately and just watching um it's been you know satisfying my um my star wars itch but also too the other thing i I was noticing is ahsoka is not in any of the comic books Mm. like like as that's super interesting because literally everyone has a book. Like Leia has a, a mini series, Lando, C three PO, Chewie had a ten book series. Like literally every character has one, but Ahsoka does not have a Star Wars book. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's kind of interesting. She has one novel, I believe, and I think that's and then that's it. So I'm I'm really curious. I'm I'm, I'm wondering why that happens because I'm not too sure. But Filoni's like hands off. I know that could be it too. I mean, I, honestly, that's I, I could definitely see that because hands off my joint. Yeah, but yeah, because yeah, because of the besides the the animated and now Mando, you're not really seeing it anywhere else. So that could be that really could be what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, it could also be, uh, and that I and and that's smart. And I think it probably makes sense to not because again, Star Wars continuity is already muddled enough to uh, try to push Ahsoka even further outside of the bounds of the time, the Skywalker story, uh, timeline, which would be great, but then it'll always rope her back into it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's definitely a good point. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, I've been, I'm enjoying the books. There's some good, there's some good books out there and I think they're even going to start to do a little bit more. Um, I'm curious how, how they're, how they're going to rope in some of the, uh, uh, dope like if they're if they are gonna you know they've been they did a, a mini series with thrawn and then um but i'm also curious to see if they'll do anything with like bane or anything like that and try to bring that in with, they with, should. with uh with revan dark revan nah they haven't like they've they've they pretty much stayed away from old republic it. stuff yeah uh, they've stayed away from all old republic they haven't really introduced any um sith beyond the ones that you know um <laughs> And I'm curious, like the High Republic thing that's coming out soon is the first time they're doing a, a you know, Knights of the Old Republic type of book. So I'm curious to see where that, where that lands. But yeah, since they've, since they've basically uh, killed all the canon from all the old stuff, uh, this will be their first foray. Can we not yeah. talk about that? <laughs> this, will be their, this will be their first foray into uh, doing that. So Do you we'll have see. any idea yeah, how man, they- useless Star Wars information is stuck in my brain from the expanded universe that does not mm-hmm. exist and is not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. I am hey, so on fire angry about that to this day. Like yeah. I'm a bitter old nerd. 
I feel like that with the all my all my all my X Men knowledge. <laughs> what? Same, same here. Same here. Same deal. Same deal. Gotta say that for the for the, the X Men podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when uni- when fictional universes come to their inevitable end. Yeah, that's literally X Men. <laughs> yes, everything can so. be rebooted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Annoyingly so. But um, yeah, man. Thanks, fellas, for uh kicking in on the geekness. And this is the table of truth, and we out. Learn Peace, fools. <laughs>